But let's open our Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 2, please. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, and verse 22, where we left off yes, uh, last week, last Sunday. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for how you take care of us, and you do provide. And we do thank you for the air conditioning in here today, Lord. It's, it's uh, almost unbearable out there today, Lord. We just pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts as we put aside the cares of this day, of this life, and listen for your voice, listen for you speaking to us at that still small voice, Lord, and the things you want to teach us. Uh, just open our eyes and ears, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, last time we talked about this, to flee and pursue, to run from and to run to, and uh, <clears throat> we talked about having our running shoes on. I didn't wear my running shoes today, but we should have them on all the time when it comes to this kind of thing. Let's read the verse there. Look what it says. Flee the evil desires of youth or youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So there are certain things to flee and there are certain things to run to, certain things to run away from, to seriously run away from. To escape, the word means. And we talked about this, that, that uh, the things he's mentioning here, these desires, they are within us. So we've got to fight against these things, run away from these things within us, but we need to put something in its place, something that's positive, something that's healthy, something that's from God, you see. So we, we run away from the evil, but we run towards the good. We don't just... We're not just running away all the time, but we're running towards God. We're running towards Him. Now that we're His. We talked about that a few weeks back. Now that we belong to Him, things change, right? And the, we, we saw there are scriptures that talk about those that are running to those evil desires, those youthful lusts. But once we step over, we cross from being you know, belonging to the world, and then we belong to Jesus Christ... Things change. Things change. Our, our priorities, what we, what we have focus on in this life changes. We read that scripture, Peter said, you know, we've spent enough time in the past chasing after those things in ignorance. And he, and he said, you know, uh, and people are surprised that you don't go with them in this, in this excess, this abundant excess. I talked a little bit about that, you know, last week about my excesses. And, and I want to clarify this, is, and, I, and I, I listened to what I talked about in the old days, in, in, in the early days, and, and what I was speaking about, about was before I became a believer, and, and you know, it was total ignorance. It was total ignorance. And those things that, that uh, I was involved in, they were stupid, and, and I'm not proud of those things, and I don't ever want to give that impression like, hey, it's okay to check out this stuff and go that route because, you know what, I wish I had not gone that route because, because you still have to be healed from it. You still have to, you know, you know uh, find uh, uh, relief from some of those things and some of those memories that are still there. I'm fortunate to have a bad memory uh, in some ways, and I don't remember a lot of those things. Maybe, you know, there's reasons for that, but... but uh, 
you know, it's better not to go that path. And I want to especially speak to you young people. It's, it's better not to find out what those excesses are like because they're, it's empty. I can tell you, I can guarantee you it's empty. When I was searching for the truth, I had tried it all, but it was completely empty. And I was empty and I knew that there was something more. And so that's when I, when I found Jesus Christ and he filled my life and I became his. But we have this, now that God is, now that we belong to Him, God is calling us through this verse and many others like it to flee those things. Not dabble in those things or not, you know, kind of see, you know, how close to the line you can get, but to flee those things, to, to run away from those things and run towards Him. But it's a war, isn't it? It's a battle. It's a battle, and as I said, the, these desires, now we have, it's bad enough we have the world throwing, you know, the temptation at us. We have the enemy of our souls throwing these things at us and, and building these things around us that are, are, they're designed for us to fall. It's bad enough we have all that stuff, but we have this battle, this warfare that takes place. And a lot of it takes place up here in our minds. That's why we're talking, we, we read about, you know, being transformed by the renewing of our minds, filling our minds with something good, positive, the Word of God, thinking of those things that are good and pure and healthy. So to flee, to run, to escape, but then to pursue, to go after those positive things, those things like righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Romans 13, 14, rather... Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature, the flesh. Clothe yourselves with Jesus Christ. Let him be our all in all. Now today I, have a, a, I want to talk about something here at the, at the end of this verse, but let me ask you a question first. Do you know who this is? Anybody know who that is? Do you young people know who that is? Who is it? Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Oh, yeah. I wish I had that horse. That's a beautiful horse, isn't it? How about this? The independent man, he's got a spear. He's got like a, an anchor here. The independent man. You all are very, very smart. I want you to look back to this verse for a second and look what it says, the flee to pursue. But that last phrase, along with, to flee and pursue, along with, what? Those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. What I want to focus on today, and as I thought about this, and I didn't really have time to develop this much last week, is that you and I, we are in this together. We're in this thing together, and, and it's us it's you and me. It's, a, it's, a, it's not an individual sport, right? If you, some of you watching the Olympics. There are some that are just totally individual sports, but then there are a lot, right, that are, that are team sports, right? And that's what, that's what this Christian life, this Christian walk is. It's a team sport. That we're in this thing together, you see. We flee together. We pursue together. We encourage one another. A battle strategy that you have probably heard is to divide and conquer. That's a battle strategy, to divide and conquer. If you can split them up and get them isolated by themselves, you can take them down. 
But when they're fighting together as a unit, as a team, much, much harder. But, having said all that, we live here. We live here. In our eye. In our eye. With the independent man and all. You know, he's been up there over 100 years. He he got put up there just before... uh, in like 1899, he got put up there. So 116 years he's been up there. Rody.com says this, listen up. The man made a statement about the fortitude of the founder and the outstanding characteristic of the Rhode Islander. So we were talking about, you know, our founder who is Roger Williams, and he kind of had this, this independent thing happening. But he says, he says here, too, in this uh, roadie.com, you know, the outstanding characteristic of the Rhode Islander. But I want to ask you, is that, a, is that such a good characteristic to have as a believer? No. I don't think so. This is what I think. That's kind of what, that's, that's the Hasbro version, right? That's real. I didn't make that. That's really kind of what it is, right? It's not such a good characteristic for the believer, though. The independent man, the independent person. But this is what we see quite a bit. God doesn't expect us to do life solo, i.e. lone ranger Christianity. Rather, it's his design that we do this thing, this life, this Christian walk together. Y'all heard of lone ranger Christians? If I was to ask you, are you a lone ranger Christian? Some of you would agree. You wouldn't raise your hand because you don't want to admit to it. Or maybe some of you are so stinking proud you would. But... To be a lone ranger Christian, you know, ever since we first moved here to Rhode Island, we, we began to meet people. And we met so many people, and it's, it really hasn't changed much who are, are, are lone ranger Christians. They, you might see them here or there occasionally, but they are not tied in anywhere. And you say, well, there's a good reason for that. Well, there might be a good reason for that. Maybe they, they went somewhere and the, and the place got really weird. And so they said, I'm not doing that again, right? Or they went somewhere to a church, they got involved and they got hurt. Did you ever get hurt at a church? I probably hurt half of you in here at one time or another. And the other half of you, this is your first time here. So give me time. But, is that a good reason? I mean, if you were part of a family, you grew up in a family somewhere, did you ever get hurt in your family? So you said, I'm not going to be part of the family anymore. We do that, though, don't we? You heard of families that they don't talk to each other for like 20 years. You're like, what happened to you? Well, she said something to me. I don't even really remember what she said, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. But is that the right way to go? Is that the right way to, to handle things? I don't think so. So there might be good reasons, there might be things that happen, but God's plan has always been, again, it's His design that we do this thing together. That's what I want to talk about today. I read this, though, about the uh, Lone Ranger Christian. Uh, He says, uh, 
inter, talking about the, the, the church the way the church should be, he says that it's an interdependent relationship where we are to both give and receive from the body of Christ. He says the body of Christ is weaker when Christians live in isolation. The Lone Ranger Christian is weaker because he or she doesn't have the support of fellow believers. And the body of Christ is weaker because we can't receive what you have to offer. You see, it's a two-way street. It's totally a two-way street. Not only can you not receive if you're not part of the body of Christ, but you can't also give. And the people who are there can't receive what you uniquely have to give them. If you're not there, there's like a gap. There's like a, there's like a spot. There's an empty seat that, that somebody sh- should be there or a spot in the body that you need to be giving something and bringing something to the table. Someone else said this, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. You need the body of Christ. Therefore, find a church and invest yourself there. Don't just show up on Sunday mornings or, ju- or, or just go through the motions, but really give yourself to the community of the church. I think that's wise counsel, and I, and I think that this is something we need to take to heart. Are we really a part? Have we really got invested? Are we really involved somehow? Romans, Paul says, So in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the other. We belong to each other, you see. We need each other. Again, it's part of God's plan. It's the way he's designed it. It's the way he wants it to be. Look what he said in 1 Corinthians. He says, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't, what? And the head can't say to the feet, I don't. But we do that when we we become isolated, when we say, well, I'm not going to be involved. I don't really need that. I don't need this. We can't. It's not the way he's designed it. It's not his plan. It's not his purpose. We need each other. Look what it says. Go back to that verse there in 2 Timothy. He says, to flee and to pursue along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Along with those. Those those who call on Jesus. Those whose lives have been changed. And we call on the name of the Lord and we're saved. So he's talking about having a life with other believers. That we need each other to to help each other in this this fleeing, in this pursuing. We need to challenge and and help each other along this path. Those whose hearts are made pure by his blood. Now, are are there any perfect Christians? That's another reason we say, well, I'm not going to get involved because, because, uh, you know, they're all hypocrites. Have you heard that before? I'm not going to go to church. Well, you know what? We're all hypocrites to some degree because we're all, we're all imperfect. So what does he say? If I'm going to look for somebody, I'm going to hang out, I'm going to be with someone who has a pure heart. Well, what, what gives us a pure heart? How do we get a pure heart? The blood of Jesus purifies us, cleanses us. Our hearts are purified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ through trusting in Him. So... 
So that's really what it's all about. It's a group of people who realize that I need Jesus in my life. I've given my life to him, and I'm, I'm in this walk. I'm in this journey, and Jesus, you know, I, I, I blow it, and I go, and I confess my sin, he, and, he, and he hears me, he's faithful, he forgives me, and cleanses me, washes me from all unrighteousness. 1 John what? 1.9. 1 John 1.9. You've got to know where that is. If you don't, Maybe you're, you know, kind of living in some kind of delusion that you never do anything wrong. A lot of the independent Christians, the Lone Ranger Christians, think like that. They're kind of, they put themselves in a kind of a, a, a more, uh, you know, elite category. I don't really need those people because they really don't have the understanding that I do. Well, you know what? If you've got so much awesome understanding, well, then you should be there teaching people to help them understand more, right? That makes sense. Doesn't it? To me, anyways. We're in this together. You know, we flee together. We pursue together. We work together. Now, does that mean that we never spend time with people who are not? Not believers? No, because, you know, what about the people you work with? What about your neighbors? What about your family, some of your family members? You know, we'd have to leave this world, the Bible says. We'd have to, you know, go somewhere else and, and hang out on another planet. And people have tried to do that, and they just, you know, they're going to create this, you know, sort of island with no other people except believers on there. But you know what? That's not what we're called to do either. Because how are they ever going to find out if we aren't light in the world, salt in the, salt in the world? But having said that, isn't it also true that that uh, if we're only hanging around with people who are not believers, that that's going to affect us? Yeah. We've got to be careful. We, we need to know who our real friends are. I, I remember, um, you know, I had just become a believer and, uh, and speaking, speaking about, you know, some of these excesses. I went to this party, you know, and, and I thought these were my friends, right? But I had just become a believer, and they weren't believers, and uh, one of my best friends said, here, you know, and he played this trick on me. And the, the short uh, story is that what, what ended up happening was they poured a whole cup of beer all over my head. You know, like, that's really funny. You know, and like, you're really a good friend. Like, at that point in time, my eyes were like open, like, I don't really need this kind of thing. And I began to realize that I had brothers and sisters in Christ that I could hang out with, that I could learn from, and they're not going to pour beer all over my head. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, don't be, mis- don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We need to be careful who we're hanging out with. And again, not that we're never going to talk to people because that's not what we're called to do, but we're, we're called to be in the world but not of the world and, and that the people we're growing and learning with are not people who, who don't have any kind of faith, don't have any kind of walk, don't have any kind of direction in their lives. Uh, Paul says don't be unequally yoked, right? He's not just talking about marriage there. He's talking about our, our whole direction of our lives, In this life and in this battle, we need one another. We need one another. 
We need each other, right? We need each other. It's not such a bad thing to say that, is it? Can you say that? We need each other. Well, about five of you said it. Let's try that again. See, that wasn't so hard after all. We need each other. We do. We do. I want you to turn with me, first of all, to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at these four scriptures because uh, they kind of speak to this. Acts chapter 2, and then we're going to turn to Hebrews. So Acts chapter 2, you've got to go backwards. And then Hebrews, you've got to go forwards. So Acts chapter 2... In verse 42, one of our founding verses, one of our foundational verses, Acts 2.42, look what it says here. They devoted themselves, this is the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the word of God, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. One of the things they devoted themselves to was to the fellowship, and this word fellowship is the the Greek word koinonia, you have heard it, most of you. And the, the simplest understanding of it is partnership and participation. Right? Let me say that again. Partnership and participation. We're partners together and we participate together in this thing called the Christian life, the Christian journey, the Christian walk. You kind of get where I'm going with this? Anybody? Okay, let's turn to Hebrews, shall we? Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, just before James, Peter, John, Jude, Revelation, so about five or six books from the, from the back. Hebrews chapter 3, and let's look at verse 13. I really like this. But encourage one another daily. As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There's a sense where we, where we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage each other, and there's, a, there's connections, there's relationships that are here, and we're, we're kind of keeping an eye on each other, too. When someone could be, you know, going down a path, that, and they're, they're, they're kind of being deceived, see this, uh, sin's deceitfulness. There's a hardening of, of that, that could be taking place. We're keeping an eye out for each other. If I see that you're going down a path, or if you see that I'm going down a path, that it, you know, obviously I'm not catching it, I'm not, I'm not getting it, we need to, to, to talk to each other. We need to help one another out. We need to encourage one another to stay, to stay on course, stay on track. Do you ever, do you ever kind of wish somebody, I wish someone would have said something to me. Most often what happens is we say, I wish I would have said something before we watch these people, we watch somebody go down this path and they, they get themselves into a whole herd of trouble. I wish I'd said something. How about chapter 10? Turn there with me, a couple of verses there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 or 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur one another on. That's like a riding term, isn't it? That's an old Western cowboy term, right? 
You watch this show like Laramie. Anybody watch Laramie? They, they walk around all the time and they got these spurs on the back of their boots, right? And you know what? Sometimes if they have to use those on the horse, I bet sometimes it doesn't feel so good. I don't think they sharpen them or anything like that. But they, they, they kind of tell the horse, hey, you need to like get moving, get active. And so you and I, we need to consider, we need to think about how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How can we help one another? This word, one another, these two words, one another. Look at verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing the independent man, the Lone Ranger Christian. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And all the more as you see the day approaching. As things get darker and darker and darker in this world, we need to be helping one another out. Who else is going to understand? The guy that's out there in the world and doesn't have a clue about anything spiritual, they're not going to help you, you know, in your spiritual Christian walk. They're not going to come to you and say, well, you know, just trust the Lord, brother. They're going to say, see? They're going to make fun of you. They're going to, they're going to laugh at you or whatever. We need one another. We need to help one another, encourage one another. You say, well, isn't that kind of self-serving, Pastor? You, you talk about this verse, you know, let's not you know, forsake the assembling together. Let's not talk. Let's not give up getting together at church. So I'm just trying to build attendance here, right? That's what, is that what I'm trying to do here? No. No. You know, uh, those things don't work anyways. The plan, the program to build attendance, that doesn't work anyways. This is what the Bible says, that we need, to, we need one another. We need to be together. We need to do it. And, and often, often, I, I'm just like everybody else where I say, you know, I just don't feel like going. You heard that story about, you know, the, the, the man and the woman and, and uh, you know, the woman says, you got to get up and get ready. You know, church, you got to go to church. And, well, I don't really feel like going today. Yeah, but, but they, you know, they need you down there. Yeah, but, you know, I don't even have any friends. I don't, they don't like me down there. And finally, you know the story. She says, well, listen, you got to go. You're the pastor. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like that sometimes, too. We all do. Why? why? I don't want to go. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm all these different kinds of things. But, but then we miss out, and then the people miss out that you would have been with because they don't get what you have to offer, you see. Let's not give up. So many more scriptures, which we're not going to take time to look at them all, but I'll, I'll just mention some of them. Jesus said to love one another, that people would know this idea of, of one another. Be devoted to one another, accept one another, instruct, admonish one another, serve one another, bear with one another, forgive one another, Confess to and pray for each other. It's like over and over, over 30 times of what I was able to find, and I know there's many more that we need to be ministering and helping, that we're in this together and that we need each other. How many of you heard of Charles Spurgeon? Some of you have heard of him. They called him the Prince of Preachers, but he, he said all kinds of cool stuff, and, and some of it's harder to understand, the old English, but, but I read this, and I like this. He said, the sheep of Jesus flock together. 
He said the social element is the genius of Christianity. Let me read that again. Think about that. The sheep of Jesus flock together. The social element of the, is the genius of Christianity. That's kind of, I think that's insightful. Sheep, we, sheep need to stick together. What happens when the one sheep goes off by itself? It's never good. It's not a good outcome. But the genius of Christianity, that's a kind of an interesting insight that this is the way that God planned it and that we need each other and that we help each other and there's something about this, this thing. It's a place of strength, right? It's a place of strength. Those are supposed to be uh, coals, right? But if you took this coal here and put it over here, what would happen to it? It's going to go out. It's going to get cold, right? It's going to go out. But being there in the middle of it, it looks awesome. It, it, the heat is there. They're keeping one another fired up. There's a lot of heat coming out of that. I wish I had a steak right now. Man, that would be good. Hey, turn with me to Ecclesiastes. We're, we, just two more scriptures we're going to look at before we close. Ecclesiastes, in the, sort of in the middle of your Bibles, right? Job, Psalms, Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes. Let's look at chapter uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, right? Chapter 4. Let's start in verse 7. He says this, he said, Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless. A miserable business. The loner, that's the loner story. That's what he's saying. He's, he doesn't mean he wasn't out doing anything. He was doing all kinds of stuff, but it was just him. Me, myself, and I. Making money and all the rest of it. But, but there's something missing in his life. That's what he's saying. His, it, wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling as he thought it would be. And then verses 9 through 12. Now these are used a lot in weddings, right? And, and uh, we had these verses at our, at our wedding. And, uh, but I think that they apply to more than just marriage. Honestly. I think they apply to the Christian fellowship and, and us supporting one another. Let's look at them. Two, verse 9, are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And the final stanza there is, A cord of three strands is not quickly or easily broken. So much, so much is found in these verses about how we help one, one another. We have a return. It comes back as we invest. If you fall down, you have someone to help you get back up. They don't kick you when you're down. That's what my old friends, quote, unquote, would 
That's pretty much what they did. We defend each other. We have each other's backs, you see. Two are better than one. But that last, that last phrase there, a cord of three strands, is not quickly or easily broken. There's, there's a, something about Jesus being in the middle of it all. That's what binds us together. We, we, are, we are wrapped, our lives are wrapped up around the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, what, that is what ties us together. That's what we have in common, Jesus, you see. That's what you and I, you know, that's what brings us together. Despite any differences, we have something in common that, that holds us together, and it's Jesus Christ himself. So, having said all that, I go, I go back to this word koinonia, partnership and participation. Partnership and participation. We here at our fellowship, we try to provide opportunities for God to to, to, to let this happen. Now, we're not big on programs. You know, I, I've tried that too, where you try, to, you try to build these programs to make these things happen. You know, it's much better if it kind of happens organically. Someone just gets a vision for something and it kind of happens and it, it works together. It's so much better that way, I've found. Not that we don't uh, plan and prepare, because we do. I just read about Solomon. You know, he had to plan and prepare for the building of the temple. And then he got people involved all in it before he had the temple built. But we try to provide these opportunities. We have Bible studies. We have fellowship times. And for a small church, we have a lot of opportunities for people who are willing to get particip participation. We have fellowship times. We, have Be we had Beaver Tail last Friday night. And I know, you know, I got there... Uh, my wife and I got there, and Patrick and Megan and the boys were there, and I thought the wind was blowing, and, you know, there's like storms everywhere uh, up north. I thought, no one is going to be here. Well, you guys were there. Don't, I I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Patrick, please forgive me. Okay. You know, but, but people started to arrive, and before we knew it, there was a whole crowd of people, and the wind dropped down. It was insane. It was incredible. But, you know, we didn't do anything special. We didn't stop and sing, you know, songs, though sometimes we do. Uh, we just hung out together. and We were there, and, and we knew we, we saw each other's faces. And we listened to each other. We talked to each other. And that's the kind of thing that makes a difference, you see. That's those kinds of things. We have those opportunities, and we, we don't do them just so that we can fill up the bulletin. We have times, and we used to do this a lot more at, at Narragansett Town Beach after our Sunday evenings, 5 o'clock. We used to have a bunch of people, and it kind of lately it's been happening again, right? The last couple Sundays have been like, you know, 15, 20 people down there from the church that were just hanging out and, and body surfing. I do like to body surf, by the way. But I have to say this, and I was thinking about this. Uh, sometimes I go, and, 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 and my wife does not body surf just to dispel any rumors. And uh, so I go, I'll go out and body surf by myself if it's just the two of us. We love to walk on the beach. We'll walk on the beach for, you know, miles. And when we go away, we like to go find a beach somewhere. We walk in the morning and at night. We walk on the beach together. So we do that together. But the body surfing part, she's not, like, into that. She, like, saw Jaws one time, and, and like, she's, like, healed of, of the water. 
But when I go out with a couple other people and body surf together, it is so much more fun, I have to say. I like body surfing by myself, but when other people are there, it's like, hey, did you see that one I just got? You know, that's kind of like what happens. And it, it was so much more fun when that happens. Two are better than one. Five are better than one. So we have those kinds of things that happen. And again, we don't, you know, we don't even announce some of these things because it just like happens. The Washington County Fair, we announced that today. Other opportunities. Just the time after church where we have coffee uh, together and we have uh, uh, vanilla wafers. And sometimes we have donuts. We have donut day once a month, you know. And then we have a potluck after church once a month, too. But I was thinking about this, and I talked to Denise about this this morning. You know what? I'd like to, I'd like to uh, have on these other Sundays some other stuff that, that some of you people would provide on those off Sundays, these other Sundays. So maybe you are really good at making something. We don't want something with a lot of frosting on it that's going to get all over the carpet because then you're going to have to volunteer to clean the carpet, too. But, but I'd, I want to give that opportunity for somebody who wants to make even healthy snacks. You know, the donuts, well, let's face it, they're not that healthy. <laughs> but we could have healthier stuff, too. And, and, and you know, uh, I, I want to give that opportunity. Maybe that's something you can give. Well, you can't play guitar, but you can make uh, a mean dessert, right? Or you could even buy something. So I want you to talk to Denise about that. She's going to put together a schedule, right, for those different times. Like next week, we're not having a potluck, right? So somebody could do something next week. Hey, do I have a, do I have a volunteer for next week? Larry? Larry, all right. Oh, he was just going like this. I read this, and I like this. This person said, coffee was always served at our church after the sermon. And one Sunday, our minister asked one of the smaller members of the congregation if he knew why we had coffee after. And without hesitating, the youngster replied, to wake people up before they have to drive home. (laughs) That's good, huh? I hope you're not sleeping right now. Listen, we fight the battle, right? We are in this together. We flee the bad and we pursue the good. But we need to help each other. And the Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need to help each other. I want to finish today. and I just want to take about five minutes or so. And I want to open it up to pray. Because we have our festival this coming Saturday. So I just want to take a few minutes right now for, for people to speak out in prayer for the festival, to reach the people, the young people, the older people, all those that gather together for good weather. So far, the, the forecast looks good. So far, right, Jim? Yes. So, and, and, but we, we want to pray for that, too. So why don't we just take, like I said, just a, a couple of minutes here and, and speak out and pray. Please don't uh, pray for 10 minutes. Um, uh, <coughs> Be concise and be brief. Father, we thank you again for, for the, the chance to live life together, to serve together, to, to be a part of this body where we belong to each other. And I pray that you'd help us to uh, fight the flesh even, that, the, the desire to do our own thing, and yet uh, to pursue that fellowship, to pursue the participation and, and partnership. 
I pray, Lord, for this festival coming up. God, I pray that you'd receive all the glory as we, as we lay that before your throne, Lord. Believing that you have uh, given it to us as, a, as an outreach, as a ministry, you've given it to us as uh, a, something to reach people's hearts and lives with the gospel of Jesus. We can't do it without your help, Lord.